for the week of January 3rd, 2021. This is Mojo Weekly. I am John. He's gonna take you back to the past to play the shitty games that suck ass. He'd rather have a buffalo take a diarrhea dump in his ear. He'd rather eat a rotten asshole of a roadkill skunk and down it with beer. He's the angriest Jashy you've ever heard. He's the angry Nintendo Jash. He's the angry Atari Sega Jash. He's the angry video game Jash. All right, man. We're, we, we're going to need to start making some fucking ground rules. Are we going to uh, get sued for this? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't even know. Is that like angry video game nerd theme song or something? That's exactly uh, what that was, yeah. How do you not oh, know that? Man. It's classic. I, I thought you were going to sing yeah. along. No, I've, I've never watched that. Jeez. I've never, never seen it. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not down with all you hip kids. Jesus. Hip kids. Dude, he's he's celebrating his, like, 13th year on YouTube. This isn't hip shit. This is Dreamcast shit, dude. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're, we normally, I would say, after I would chastise Josh for his fucking ridiculous bullshit, uh, normally I would say, and here's your news. But we're not doing any news this week. Mainly, I mean, partially, I guess, uh, because there's not a lot of news of which to speak. But uh, also because it's, you know, we're in New Year. It's always fun to do one of those year-end wrap-up kind of things. So we thought mm-hmm. that we would talk about our favorite games that we played in 2020, uh, which was, as we yeah. all know, a dog shit year, but a pretty good year for games. Uh, yeah. And and I'm not just going to limit this to new releases. You know, Josh, if, if there's a game that didn't come out in 2020, but it was maybe it was the first time you played it was in 2020, right? Um, yeah. That, that's fair, too. All the games that I have on my list came out in 2020, but I'm willing to bend the rules for you, Josh. Oh, well, thank you. I need those rules bent for me because I'm so out of touch with what gamers are into these days, which makes me a great candidate to be a part of the show, honestly. But <laughs> it, it, it adds a fresh perspective because where else would you get three Ouya mentions per episode? So uh, I'm going to get us started because I figured we both could agree on this one. Uh, I think one of my favorite things that was released this year or last year, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck, it's 2021, isn't it? Uh, one it of is. my favorite things that was released in 2020 was also one of the most unexpected things to get released yeah. in 2020. And I suspect that you uh, know what I'm talking about, so I'm just cut to the chase. It's the Turbo Graphics Mini. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, I was actually typing out my list here, too, of some of my favorite things from 2020 from last year. And yeah, the Tur- TurboGrafx Mini, the PC Engine Mini. Oh, my God. The Core Mini. Like, how how strange was it that this even got released? I'm super glad that we got to do a completely episode, uh, you know, a completely special episode of just the TG Mini. But just to point out two games that I got to play in HD uh, this year was East Book 1 and 2 and Lords of Thunder. Like, those two games alone... On the Turbo Graphics Mini, um, man, 2020 saw new releases of Eastbook One and Two and Lords of Thunder. How fucking wacko is that? It's crazy, man. And Lords of Thunder is a perfect showpiece for this this little console, man. Uh, and and it's and it's a game that I pull up just about every time I turn the thing on. I always just 
play a quick round of Lords of Thunder. Um, it's gorgeous. It's always been gorgeous, but man, when it, you know you got it in HD on a big fucking seventy-five inch four uh, K screen, and uh, yeah. and and, the, and then you got the music pumping through my freaking surround sound stereo. Oh, it's glorious! It's absolutely glorious, and I never There's ever thought bad. I would see it. So yeah. so here's to Konami for actually doing something right for a change. Uh, and and acknowledging uh, some of the properties that they own, uh, you know, even though they were not the creators of those properties, they are, you know, owners of those properties now, having purchased Hudson Soft, like, what, a decade ago or more? Um, yep. So here's to uh, Konami for actually doing something right. Crazy. I can't believe it even happened. It's just the yeah. strangest thing in the world. It is. And it's quality. Like, it's all great. Like, it's a quality freaking device, man, and and the controllers are good, and and uh, the the game selection is is pretty darn good. You know, there are just a few things missing that I would have loved to see there. But anyway, you can go yeah. back to our Turbo Graphics Mini special that we did last summer and uh, listen to our thoughts on not just the console but every single game released on that console. So uh, we go we go down the line of everything you and I. So go on back and listen to that, folks at home. Um, the yeah, next me, like we, we went like over almost every game. I think on the every, whole system it was like amazing. Every single game. Yep. Um, so uh, the next game uh, I want to talk about is um, it was kind of it was one of those games that was released at the perfect time at such a perfect time that like I almost think. Nintendo had something to do with COVID because uh, they put out, you know, right as COVID was striking, they put out Animal Crossing and it was the perfect uh, quarantine pandemic game. Um, I I played a ton of this. I think I probably played it every day for two months uh, straight before I started slow, (laughs) before I started slowly dropping off. And um, my son and I, my son and I were obsessed with it to the point where we um, we would go onto that online turnip market and uh, and and you know people would post when they have high turnip prices and we would make millions and millions of bells uh, every day and I think if I'm being honest I would say that that may have um, killed the longevity of this game because we were able to complete things super quickly. Uh, by doing that but it was still a lot of fun it was a great bonding experience with my family uh did you play animal crossing at all of course i didn't why would i um no (laughs) i in a similar fashion though my 13 year old son and i began playing um stardew valley on steam and while and while i have played it on the xbox one and i've also got on the switch uh actually my youngest son has got it on his switch as well um, we really found uh, that the Steam version of it really was awesome, and it worked yeah. so well. We could just invite people to our farm or have a farm between the two of us. And honestly, the more people you get involved in one uh, farm, uh, playing it online multiplayer, it is actually quite a bit quick, quite a bit quicker, um, because it just uh, you're able to double up your money. You can do two things at once. One guy can go fishing, one guy can go harvesting, and you know do whatever, and it works so well. Yeah. Um, so in similar fashion, obviously not a game that came out to uh, this year. But or, or in 2020, but um, one that I absolutely fell in love with all over again, and that was Stardew Valley. Good one. And at the end of 2020, had a relatively large uh, update to it. So there's that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, moving right along. So this is a game that seemed to catch a little bit of shit, but um, I still loved it. 
um, it was a remake of a game that I had never played before, uh, Resident Evil 3, uh, the remake. And uh, I loved the Resident Evil 2 remake so much that um, I was super jacked for Resident Evil 3. And, and 3 is a lot more fast-paced. It plays mm-hmm. like a it plays like a like an eighties action movie almost, um, and you know diehard fans of Resident Evil, like people who've been playing this series for decades now, uh, had some complaints about it, but I had none simply because I don't have that context. You know, right. I don't I don't have that history with it. So for me, I was like, fuck it, man, this is fun. It's good enough for me, uh, and it looked gorgeous, played really well. So that's it was a an fun interesting. One. Yeah, that's interesting that a lot of people had issue with it or, or like the diehard Resident Evil fans took issue with this remake because Resident Evil 3 was kind of the black sheep of the original trilogy. I mean, the first one had its, uh, you know, hiccups here and there because it was the first one. The second one is pretty much like idolized as this perfect, amazing game. It was on the level of what most people consider like a Final Fantasy 7 or like Ocarina of Time at the time. Yeah. Um, was was just held on this platform that couldn't be touched. And then the third one came out. It was like, oh. Well, shit, that's weird. That's like Streets of Rage 3 all over again. The, the trilogy is now kind of meh. But uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's better than the original. Resident Evil 3, the original on the PlayStation, was just kind of a, I don't know. It was there. It was like a precursor to Dino Crisis. It was weird. Yeah, man. I, I loved the remake. I thought it was super fun. What I love about uh, Resident Evil games mostly is that they're really, really uh, typically, and I'm generalizing here, there are obviously... Um, uh, uh, you know, qualifications of this, but uh, typically they're gorgeous. They're like high production value and they're really well polished, but they're yep. also nice and quick. Uh, it's they're not for me. They never overstay their welcome. They're a good six to 12 hours long tops. And, Interesting. and, and for me, that's, that's perfect. That's a sweet spot for an action game like this. Um, so that, nice. that's, that's what I love. One of the things I love most about this, Josh, I'm going to put one more in here before, uh, before I skip to you, uh, just because you mentioned streets of rage and I'm guessing this is on your list, uh, streets mm-hmm. of rage four. Hell yeah. 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 Way to steal my thunder. That's all oh, right though. Streets I, assumed, of rage. I, I assumed it was on your list. Streets of Rage 4 was like this awesome gateway drug because it got me into playing online with the PlayStation 4. Um, it's yeah. hilarious that in 2020, I finally decided to take the leap into that and playing online with the with the PlayStation and finding people to play with and stuff like that. But it, it really was um, when I found out you could do online play. Um, yeah, the music was good. The graphics are amazing. It is a good follow up to the Streets of Rage games. Um is it perfect? No, but I mean, it's still really cool and really fun. And and it, like you said, it's that one game, the one of those games. I wind up just uh, if we're gonna meet up for Destiny at say 9 p.m. and I get on an eight, I play a little Streets of Rage four, or I play some Celeste, or I play some other games, or I, I even hook up my Turbo. Like lately, I got a whole bunch of new Turbo graphics games for this Christmas season. So I've been playing those. Yeah. Matter of fact, Saturday morning, Saturday morning, I wound up playing uh faceball, which I got just about a month ago. And then I got flash hiders and advanced VG. And Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I got some good. Oh, and art of fighting. I got the new, the, the PC engine art of fighting. So nice. yeah, it's been good. Good stuff. Sorry to jump around there, but Christmas was good to me for the turbo world. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I loved Streets of Rage 4. Uh, frankly, I haven't played enough of it. Um, and I should probably go upstairs after we're done recording and just bust it out and play it some more. Um, yep. but it, it was great. I love, uh, Lizard Cube, what they're, what they've been doing, what they did with, uh, Dragon's Trap. 
And now with this, I'm excited to see what they do next. I'm hoping they take another classic game or classic game franchise and update it with that gorgeous hand-drawn art. I love it so much. They seem to know what they're doing, man. Uh, Go ahead. What do you got next? Well, I'd mentioned Celeste. Uh, Celeste is a game that was um, from the makers of Towerfall, which was an original Ouya game. Um, and I loved Towerfall. Um, it was one of those games that when I first got my Ouya, I was the most excited to play. Um, playing online, playing four players um, with with Towerfall was so much fun. And Celeste is, it takes all of the charm and all of the beautiful graphics and all of the the gameplay and the music that was really good in Towerfall and turned it into this big open game. Um, you know, I want, want to say Metroid style. I would never say Metroidvania because I'm not an asshole, but a <laughs> Metroid style game. Um, and it just opened it up to this beautiful uh, sprite-based retro style game that looked like it was straight from the PlayStation, the Saturn era. Um, I know that's not a new game, but uh, another one that was new um, way early in 2020, um, maybe even late 2019, but I got into it in 2020, was Fantasy Star Online 2 on the Xbox. Yeah. Um, that, that came to the U.S. 100% free. It was a PC game and on the Xbox One. And um, it was honestly one of those big things that got me into gaming um, early on in the year, towards the end of uh, what, what winter, spring, and, and then the early summer months. Um, but I was playing Fantasy Star Online 2 um, with my son, on our Xbox, and, and I was having a really good time with that, too. I did not spend nearly as much time as I thought I would with it. Um, I enjoyed it, and I always intend to go back, and I still intend to go back and play more. Um, but I, I probably sunk maybe 10 hours into it, and that's about it. I, I enjoyed it, had a good time, um, but and, and I do need to get back into it and play it some more. Is that something you've tried at all on the Xbox? Yeah, I tried it a little bit. I played through the the first area. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know why I just never went back. Uh, maybe cause I was just playing with randos and I, I would rather set up like a dedicated night with, uh, you know, friends, but, um, it, it, it was great, man. It played, it, it brought me right back to the Dreamcast days, you know, and, yep. and that it scratched that itch I was looking for. Exactly. Yeah. I, I tend to get back into blue burst probably once a year. I'll spend, um, a few months uh, hammering out Blue Burst, uh, create a new guy, level up to, say, level 20, 25, 30, and go through the game um, with some friends online. I play on the shithack private servers, and then there's the Ultima servers for Blue Burst online. So you can play the original Fantasy Star Online, Quartology. Uh, well, 1, 2, and 4. I guess 3 isn't technically online. Unless you hack your GameCube and are able to play the third one online, because it was an exclusive GameCube game. Anyway, I'm sidetracking. <laughs> but... PSO and the whole Fantasy Star Online style in the universe really oozes in the game that I would consider a Halo slash PSO hybrid game, and that's what I got into on the on the PlayStation 4 this this last year when that was Destiny in September when they offered that for free. Yeah. So I played I played the shit out of Destiny 2. I sunk way too many hours into it. I fully acknowledge this. Um, <laughs> and this last the last season I think started December 1st, and I'm already. Um, I'm already, they, don't, they don't call them levels. They call them ranks, like season ranks. And I'm already season rank 50 in the last 30 days. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm ridiculous with that game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I probably soak, uh, I don't know, 10 plus hours a week into it. And, I'm, and it's just been awesome. Nice, but Destiny, Destiny 2 is, is a blast on the, fantasy, on the PlayStation. Sure. Uh, Other, oh, go ahead. Otherwise, I was going to mention, um, it's not a game that I enjoyed a whole lot. 
Um, but Battletoads on the Xbox, um, I enjoyed huh. playing it with my kid. I played, I played it a whole hell of a lot with my girlfriend as well um, a few months back. And it what it really did was that it actually made me like yearn for the real Battletoads. So, on this podcast prior um how it was basically a more user-friendly version of the nes classic where it kind of takes a lot of those glitches and a lot of the broken pieces and the broken elements of the nes version and updated it with 16-bit graphics and and it just plays all overall in my opinion it plays different and better than the nes version um so i wound up playing that i can actually get to the last stage now in under 10 minutes so my speed running skills Man, my speedrunning skills are, are slightly better than what they used to be a year ago, so I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Um, and, and hell, this week, just yesterday, John, all, uh, you know, Winter Games Done Quick just kicked off. So we got a week of Games Done Quick on Twitch right now. So who knows, maybe this time next year I'll be speedrunning Battletoads on the Sega Genesis at uh, Winter Games Done Quick next year. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm going to rattle off a couple here. Uh, this one, I'm just, I just want to just want to mention that Clubhouse Games is like the perfect game to install on your switch and just leave it there. And whenever you're bored or you're hanging out with like your wife, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, just play a quick game of like, I don't know, fucking chess or, uh, or, uh, Mancala or something, man, or, or solitaire or whatever. I, I open clubhouse games all the time just because I, I'm like, I got five minutes. What should I do? I'll play a quick game of checkers or I'll play, you know, huh. I'll learn how to play this game like Shogi or something that I've never tried, you know, it's fantastic, man. Uh, Nintendo does a really good job with this. Now they do skimp and like, I think we talked about this in the review of the game uh, on this podcast, but they do skimp on certain things. You know, the multiplayer is not great, but what is there is awesome. Uh, the other game I want to mention is a puzzle game that was re-released this year. It was originally on the Japanese GameCube, and uh, Namco brought it to Switch, and that is Mr. Driller Drill Land. Uh, this Ooh, is yeah. this this is maybe maybe the best puzzle game I've played all year, and uh, one of the yeah. best puzzle, one of the best puzzle games I've played in the last decade. It's so good. Um, if you at all enjoy Mr. Driller, I feel like this is the best in the series. Um, it's got like this wacky little story where you're at a theme park. So you have to go to the different rides and, you know, somebody, some evil dudes taking over the theme park. So you got to go to the rides and they've got like an Indiana Jones theme. They've got like a space theme. They've got all these other themes with like different, different, uh, different things you have to do in each of the levels. And it's great, man. I think it's like 30 bucks on the eShop and it's totally worth it. Totally that worth freaking it. That is awesome. And then then the last like quick game I want to go, uh, I want to talk about quickly is a very quick game in general. It's called a short hike. And uh, this, uh, I I believe this was a steam game or a PC game uh, prior, uh, but it's out on the switch and it is perfect for the switch. So a short hike, you can probably get through in an hour. Um, Sometimes Hmm. it might take a little more than that. It might take like two hours, but it looks like, it looks like a really, really good Nintendo 64 game, right? So it's got those very, very basic polygons, and you're on an island, and you're a bird who has very limited fluttering ability, right? Flying ability. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you're basically, you're the, you're there, I, I forget the exact like scenario, but I believe you're there with your dad, you're visiting your aunt or something, and she lives on like this island that's like a campground or a 
like a national park kind of vibe, right? And you go, and you, the mission is basically to get to the top of the mountain. And to do that, you have to go around, you have to find feathers, and you find feathers through doing certain things. But it is a wonderful game, man, wonderful experience. Uh, and it's just really a chill game. It's got a nice story. It's not too deep, but, you know, it's got a nice, you know, short story. And I love these games, these little bite-sized games like this one and the game Minute. Have you played Minute? I have not, sir. Minute is terrific. Uh, I, I bought that when that came out at first. It was, I think it cost me eight bucks. Took me two hours to get through. Love these little bite-sized experiences, as long as they're really quality experiences. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, yeah, a short hike. I, I highly recommend that. What else you got, Josh? Well, there's only one other thing that I kind of wanted to chat about, and it's not necessarily a video game. Actually, it isn't a video game at all. It's a board game slash strategy slash military minis game. Something my friends got me into, and I'm thinking about taking the dive in. I watched them play it a whole lot at Lincoln this last, uh, well, that was in October now. Um, it's a minis game um, similar to like your Warhammers or those type of style games eight foot table um, with all their miniature army tanks and, and, and soldiers and flying, you know, buildings and areas to take cover and all sorts of uh, military alignment of baddies and goodies and all this shit. And it's just, it's like, I, I look at it and it's way too complicated. And I'm like, nah, this is too expensive. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to be able to afford getting into a hobby like this. I've already got ridiculous things that I'm into that I, I can't understand. You know, I can't even understand why I'm in it. Why do I collect retro games? Who the fuck knows? There's, right, right. And, you know, whatever. So anyway, um, this game is called Dust. It is a medieval. Uh, actually, it's a it's a game that you, you kind of just it's it's like cyberpunk and steampunk and a whole bunch of shit going on, um, with different eras of different gameplay. Um, it seems like it's kind of World War II at the same time, while it's futuristic. So there's like like an alien invasion during World War, and and it's kind of crazy. I don't necessarily understand I understand the uh, storyline of the game very well, but the gameplay is incredibly simple. Uh, very simplistic. You move, you attack, you can negotiate, you can hide, you can do all these simple, normal things, and the gameplay is actually very, very simple. It's called Dust. Um, it's a minis game, um, and I'm foolishly about to purchase a bunch of them now that I've played it a few times <laughs> and en enjoyed it. Um, it's it's uh, I'd call it like Warhammer Light. It's a type of game where you can get minis of any type from any other game and stuff and kind of just incorporate it into the Dust game itself. You can incorporate your own buildings and, and, and settings and, and other scenes and stuff like that. Um, it's not a video game, <laughs> but it is really cool. And the, the setting looks beautiful. The minis that you can purchase to paint, um, it's kind of crazy because they already look beautiful. Um, it's the first like minis company that I've bought a mini from and said, like, I don't even want to mess this up. Like, it looks yeah. great the way it is. It's one plain, boring little color, but it's so articulate and so, like, design uh so defined so well defined i was really like really digging it so dust dust is something that i'm foolishly mentioning on this podcast so i'm kind of owning up to the fact that now i have to get into it and make some purchases i didn't want <laughs> to i definitely didn't want to but my friends are such geeks about it now and i'm like ah shit so <laughs> nice man i guess i'll try it all right i just have a few more to get through here i've got uh the final fantasy 7 remake i really enjoyed oh yeah um it had... all about that yeah, it had uh, its it had its bits where it kind of dragged, and uh, and I didn't care for those. But all overall, like it was a really wonderful experience. 
like incredible production as you would expect from something like this. I'm excited to see what part two is all about and if that ever comes out. Um, but man, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, my game of the year, as you know, you could probably guess is ghost of Tsushima. Um, love that game. Uh, can't wait to see more. I'm hoping, you know, it gets a sequel or some pretty, uh, significant DLC or something. Fucking great game. I hope they turn it into like at least a short franchise. Although I wouldn't be heartbroken if sucker punch went back to Sly Cooper. Um, so I'd, I'd take that as a, as a nice alternative. But uh, I, I've talked about Ghost of Tsushima so much on this show, I'll, I'll spare you. And then, uh, and then finally, uh, you know, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X uh, both came out. And uh, I could talk about, you know, you know, Miles Morales, or I could talk about Demon Souls. Uh, I can't talk about anything on the Series X because, frankly, they didn't release any, like, exclusives to the Series X. So what am I going to talk about? What I'm going to talk about instead is Astro's Playroom. Nice. And, uh, uh, this was, this was just like on, uh, the PlayStation VR Astro's playroom on the PlayStation five is, uh, maybe the best game I played at launch just because it was so fun and so charming and so creative. And it used the dual sense in such a remarkable way that I haven't experienced yet on any other game on the PS five. Nice. Um, a dirt five, uh, uses the dual sense five and the rumble and all that stuff in a really, in really creative ways, but nobody's, nobody's using it like, uh, Astro yet. So, um, I love these games. I hope they keep making them because they've been just fantastic so far. The last few games they've done, and they're typically like either free demos or they're, pretty cheap so you know it's just it just goes to show it doesn't have to be a triple a blockbuster to be an amazing game you know hell yeah so that's it man that's i mean i played a bunch oh, of uh, oh go ahead I have, I have one more to mention and it's something we re- we reviewed in a, a few weeks ago and then i'd have to talk about cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> at least a little bit i was wondering um, if you were gonna say anything about that i know i'd mentioned saying that it was probably one of my favorite games of the year or the best game of the year so the worst very vague uh, answer to it but um i actually really do like it i have kind of put it down though over the last couple of weeks i got to a point where i had this big ass shootout and i got to the beginning of it and i knew i knew i knew i had to do some kind of sneaky way to get in and i wasn't paying that very close attention to the story and stuff and i, I got to a, a difficult part i'm about 14 hours into it I definitely like it. I like what I've gotten, and they have been fixing the bugs with some of the up, uh, the updates lately, and some of the um, the hot fixes and stuff have fixed some of the shit. So I, it's something I intend to jump back into, but it has been a little bit since I played it. But Cyberpunk should be mentioned. It's a great experience. It's an awesome game. The music's amazing. Um, really fun stuff. And um, one other thing, yeah, uh, R Type complete CD on the TurboGrafx Super CD. I bet my I bet my 13-year-old son during the Christmas break that he couldn't beat it. If he could beat it from beginning to end, I was going to give him 100 bucks. <laughs> he wound up getting to the third stage and we kind of called a truce. Um it is oh, fucking miserably painful. He was yeah. like I've never heard a 13-year-old swear so much in his entire life, but <laughs> it was it was a thing of beauty and also a thing of pain and he was like frustrated to the point of like about to break my uh you know avenue pad. So I was yeah. like, okay, I tell you what, I tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll split the difference and just, I'll take, I'll buy you some, some PC parts or something in a, f- a few months, just, uh, you know, keep working at it. But he loved it at first 
And as thir- the third stage is such a miserable bastard. I know he's beaten that stage once, but then he got to the fourth stage and he was like, fuck this. I, I can't even do it. My brain, my twitches, my everything. I'm going nuts. He's so mad. Yeah, but yeah dude. R-Type complete CD. Super CD. It's beautiful. Turbo graphics, man. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, so I've played, uh, you know, quite a few other games in 2020, but I didn't want to go on for the next hour about them all. Those are kind of the highlights for me or some of the highlights. Um, so that's it for that. Uh, there's no news this week. There are, I mean, there's like one new release. I don't even remember what it was. It was like a uh, Cobra Kai, the video game or something, um, for PC, you know, like, I'm. I guess if you want to go get that shit. Um, yeah. And, and uh, so I am going to, uh, with the last question, Josh, I am going to ask you to tell me about uh, your favorite thing, one item that you got for Christmas this year. Oh, Jesus. Uh, narrow, narrow it, narrow it down. One item. One item that was my favorite thing. Ah, uh, there's a, there's a couple really cool things. Um, but let me think here. Oh my God, my one favorite item that I got this year. All right, it was um, a gunship record, a gunship record, and I got a Neabla Viscaris record. I, I, it's the weirdest thing in the world. I am the ultimate hipster now. I swore up and down I'd never buy records, but. Um, I got a record player for, for, for super cheap at a thrift store and I kind of liked it. So I bought a couple records, like a beastie boys record and God, I think uh, I got like the stranger things soundtrack or something. I'm like, Hey, this is pretty fucking cool. And so, uh, my girlfriend knows uh, some of the bands that I'm really into and she went out and got me some records for Christmas and oh yeah, I, I look at you now. You got a, a shit ton <laughs> of records there. Um, I, I got like 20, 25 records right now. I got to stop before I, it becomes a horrific new hobby of mine, but Anyway, those were awesome. Uh, Gunship's a fantastic, like, synth pop, uh, you know, like, 80s retro wave style band. Yeah. Um, they do some really great stuff. They got a couple covers of some 80s music on it and just a whole bunch of really good shit. That's really awesome. And then uh, Neabla Viscaris is, like, this symphonic death metal band, and they're fucking amazing. Yeah. On, record, on record, they sound even fucking more amazing. But, yeah, um, I was really shocked to see those things. Those were great. Records. Nice. Of all the silly shit, records were my favorite. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I, I'm not trying, I swear I'm not trying to pull this. I liked them before they were a cool thing, but there was something about records when I was a kid, like a little kid, that I just kept collecting them. And um, my mom had a bunch, so she just gave me, because she knew that I liked them. So she, when I was a kid, she just gave a whole pile to me. Same with my dad. I've got a whole pile of my dad's. Um, and when I was in college, you know, I majored in music, but this was like in the, in the early to mid 90s. And so this is before like the internet, you could just get anything at your fingertips. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so as a music major, I had to listen to a lot of music. I was a music history major. Um, and if I wanted to like buy CDs of everything I needed to listen to, I was going to fucking go broke. Like there was no possible way to to do it. So I would, I would, you know, I was over, I I, I would come over to Minneapolis almost every weekend um, because of the band and stuff. So while I was here, I would go to used record stores and just, cause you could get the same, like the same album that was like 30 bucks on CD was like three 99 on vinyl, you know? And so I just, that's, I just started amassing in college, like in the mid nineties, this huge record collection. And it just kept getting bigger and more out of control as time went on. So um, so my, uh, nice. my favorite item that I got, uh, was I, I got a lot of good stuff. You know, I got like a book from my sister and, uh, you know, uh, some stuff for my kids, but my favorite item that I got 
was uh, Christine got me a replica of uh, the dude's sweater from the Big Lebowski. Uh, Nice. And not only is it badass looking, but it's like the most comfortable piece of clothing I have in my closet. So uh, (laughs) I I plan on wearing it like all winter. I just washed it now. It's hanging up to dry and I'm going to wear it as soon as I can. I love it. It's so goddamn cozy. I put it on. I put it on, and I just want to go to sleep because I'm so comfortable in it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it was pretty great. When I opened that, I was like, "No fucking way!" And what was funny is that um, for I think it was my birthday last year, she got me a replica of the dude's pants that he wore. What? And uh, and on Christmas morning, I just happened to be wearing those pants because they're like my pajama pants, you know? Yeah. So Christmas Day, I was cosplaying as the dude all day. That's fucking awesome, dude. It was fun. It was fun. It was an accidental thing, but it was fun. So anyway, (laughs) that's it for us. If you want to find more of our stuff, you can go to mojomenace.com and check out the archives where we now have 16 years worth of archives and wacky stuff to read through. Uh, We also have forums, mojomenace.com slash forums. If you go to the forums page on the top right, there is a link to our Discord chat room, so you can come chat there about all sorts of stuff going on all day with our man. We have a we have a surprisingly large Canadian contingent, you know. Like there's some <laughs> there's something we do that just seems to strike a chord with Canadians. So maybe it's I mean maybe it's because I'm from Minnesota, you're in Wisconsin. It's you know regionality thing. I don't know. Uh, oh but yeah. If you, want, if you want to go talk to our crazy Canadian neighbors, uh, do that. <laughs> Um, also youtube.com slash mojo menace is where we have the mojo show and Kenneth crispy and all sorts of wacky stuff that Klaus and I do. And then finally on all of the social medias, we are at mojo menace, Josh, where can they find you? Well, if they'd like to continue the conversation with me about, say, games that I should be trying, like Minute or a short hike or other things that I've taken down as notes on my Nintendo Switch, or perhaps how the Green Bay Packers are now the number one seed in the NFC oh on the way to the NFL playoffs, you can continue talking to me with those conversation at Twitter and the Twitterverse at underscore Joshua Turbo. Don't forget the underscore, as it is the most important underscore in all of the Internet. All right, that's it. First show of 2021 down. We hope it's a better year. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Down your throat. Wow. Wow. (laughs) 